Hello, welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So today we have a special guest coming on the Locked On Penguins podcast. His first time ever coming on it, actually. The man, the myth, the legend from Penguins Twitter, based otter or aka Danny. Danny, how are you doing today, sir? I am fantastic. How are you, Hunter? I'm not doing too, too bad. You know, first day off in a bit. You know, I know it's the same with you. So, you know, it's good that we can just talk about the Penguins, you know, even though they're not really doing anything right now. So um, the agency looks like it's quieting down bit by bit, I would say, as we just get further and further into the offseason. But, um, Dan, I just want to start off. Just give me your thoughts on the two recent free agent signings for the Penguins with bringing back Evan Rodriguez and uh, Mark Jankowski of the Flames. Sure. So I think I'll just start off with Mark Jankowski just because he's the unknown commodity, uh, given as we've already had Evan Rodriguez on the roster. We already know a little bit about him. But with Jankowski, um, the two years prior to last season, he was actually one of the most underrated um, fourth liners, in my opinion in the league. So I think that this is a pretty decent depth signing for them. And especially because we have him on league men, I think it's one year, 700 K. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see him slotting into the third center spot just because I still think that Mike Sullivan is going to try Jared McCann there again. Um, so I think we'll probably end up seeing him start out on the fourth line, but assuming that we don't get the Jankowski of last year, I think that this is a pretty solid home run for Jim Rutherford, or at least one of the first ones in uh, recent, recent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, looking at who he was playing with in the playoffs, I think he was on the fourth line centering. uh, I think it was Derek Ryan and then a combo of Tobias reader and Zach Ronaldo. So, um, you know, we really wasn't playing with that much talent that he's going to have here in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not really saying that Sam Lafferty is going to be uh, <laughs> a extremely an extreme upgrade over Tobias Reeder or Derek Ryan, but it's absolutely an upgrade over Zach Ronaldo. I honestly can't believe that he's still in the NHL. Yeah, I honestly did not even know that he still played at the NHL level. I thought he was back in the AHL still. So the fact that Zach Ronaldo is getting meaningful ice minutes on any team, even if it's just the Flames, it's kind of embarrassing. I'm honestly like not big on Sam Lafferty. I think some Penguins fans in the fan base are high on him just because he had like a couple. He was streaky a bit, you know, scoring when he came up, and then he went a few games, and then he scored again. I know he had that big. Uh, wrist shot over Braden Holtby in against the Capitals on Super Bowl weekend, which was a nice shot. But I just he's like too inconsistent for me to have a full time spot in the lineup. He's gonna really need to show me something to be in the lineup full time, even with Zach Aston Reese being hurt until February or March. But you know, I am hoping that Jankowski can rediscover that touch that he had that, that last season and the season before that with 14 to 17 goals. Um, if he does, that makes the third line not much better. You're right. I think they're going to slot Jared McCann in the third line center spot. I mean, they kind of have to, I think, at this point, man, just because they keep rotating him and they got to just stick him in one position. They got him to be their long term option at third line center. I know he signed for just a two year deal, makes below $3 million per on the salary cap, but you got to give him a fair share of giving him the center spot. And if it doesn't work, slide him back to the wing, put him on Sid's line, put him on the third line wing with Jankowski centering him or get an upgrade third line center at the trade deadline because I'm sure that's exactly what Jim Rutherford may be looking at if Jared McCann kind of struggles 
as the third line center spot. But um, are you comfortable with a Jankowski, McCann, Rodriguez third line if it comes to it? I think initially, yeah, because the one thing that we have seen with Jared McCann is just that he's not exactly the most consistent player. He's rather streaky where he'll have a couple of games where he's just this unstoppable force and he'll net like one goal and assist or have a three point night and he'll have a couple of games like that um, for like a week or two. And then after that, he sometimes goes cold and you're wondering just where that fire went. Mm. So I think just getting him into a consistent spot and just stopping with moving him up and down the lineup, throwing him on the wing. And then the next game, having him go back and be a uh, third line center. I think that they just need to have him stick with one spot for a little bit, just to have him uh, kind of settle down and just get into a groove because I think that'll help with just how streaky he is. So I'm, I would say I'm comfortable with it just because we've seen what we can get with McCann whenever he's on one of those streaks. And then as far as I know, Jankowski does a pretty decent job of driving possession, not as good of a job as Dominic Simone, but I also can't imagine that he has a worse shot than Dominic Simone. (laughs) I would say that probably somebody that plays Bantam has more finishing ability. So I'm pretty confident that he'll also be, uh, able to get the puck in the net a little bit more often. I, I would hope so. You know, I, I almost just started feeling bad for Simone and all the time, just because a lot of his shots just hit the post, went over the net, went wide of the net, and he would be getting some great A chances, but he just was not finishing. And he was a good playmaker too. I didn't mind him next to Crosby. I didn't mind him, honestly, anywhere in the lineup. But with these two signings, he's obviously not coming back. He, he, they, were, they weren't going to bring him back. Um, yeah. even before those signings because Jim Rutherford didn't even give him a qualifying offer. So that was just a free ticket to go into free agency. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he's going to be hurt going into February with Aston Reese. So I really don't think the Penguins wanted to do um, two forwards that were not going to be ready for the start of the season. But that's also if it starts in January. Um, yeah. No one really knows at this point. So, yeah, I mean – I wish they would have kind of waited a bit to dip their toes into free agency just because of some of these deals that we've been seeing these last couple of days. I mean, one of my biggest targets, man, was Jesper Faust. Three years, $2 million per from Carolina. That's only six hundred k more than what they're paying, what their the combined payment is from Jankowski and Rodriguez. I would have spent, I would have just given it to 2 million to Jesper Faust, but I guess Jim Rutherford did not want to wait. He just wanted to pounce on his guys. He's always done that. In the past, but I mean, these two signings are low risk, high reward. I mean, we really didn't see a lot of Evan Rodriguez. And the weirdest thing about that Rodriguez thing was, you know, you, you read after he was signed back um, from a couple of the beat reporters. Oh, yeah, like a lot of Penguins uh, coaches and management were really pleased with how he did in training camp and all that. So it's like if they were really pleased with how he did in training camp, then why didn't he play in the series? And then why did they trade him? So um, I mean. The same thing about Sam Lafferty, because I remember every single beat reporter for those couple of weeks of quote unquote training camp, we're talking about how Rodriguez and Lafferty were the two yep. skaters stood out the most. And then I think Lafferty got what, like maybe five minutes of ice time total in the elimination game. Um, so I don't know. I would say that that's also a question that we need to just keep a close eye on with the new season upcoming, whenever that's going to happen, just because if you're so pleased with how they're performing in training camp, why didn't they get that ice time? Why did you put out 
Um, if they're doing so good, then why, why didn't we see more of them? Why didn't you give them a chance to really show what they can do? So I've always, I've, I'll always wonder that too. I mean, Mike Sullivan was being a bit stubborn with his lineup choices. It also doesn't help that his two assistant coaches were kind of like his parrots to be honest. Cause like they really didn't, I don't really know if they pressed him on lineup decisions. I know Jacques Martin definitely didn't. If you saw the news with um, he was the one that wanted the Rangers to sign Jack Johnson. So um, we're, yeah. we'll touch on Jack Johnson probably in the next segment. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, Rodriguez definitely should have been playing over Patrick Marlowe. He looked like a, a corpse in that series against Montreal. I don't know what was going on there, but um, I'm glad to see, I'm hopefully glad to see more of him going into this season. I'm hoping he's going to be getting every, like he's going to be playing every game. God, I cannot speak today. I'm going to edit that out though. But I mean, I'm just hoping that he plays every night. I guess that's the big thing. And he actually gets like 10 to 12 minutes a night, maybe more. I think that would be really beneficial just to see exactly what they have in him because he really only played like four to five games. If that, after he was acquired in the Connor Sherry deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go back to two points. I'm going to go back to Jesper Faust. And uh, I was also going to bring up just the fact that you said Jesper Faust is on a $2 million AAV contract for, was it two or three years? Three years for Carolina. Okay. So while I 100% I'm with you on that, I absolutely think that Jesper Faust is someone that Jim Rutherford should have targeted. Um, I think there were a lot of free agents that were in the Penguins budget that he should have targeted. But... I can also see where Jim's looking at it. And if you look at the Penguins injury history, we're not exactly one of the healthiest teams throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see where he thinks that depth is the main concern. And I think that Mark Jankowski and Evan Rodriguez are both more than capable uh, forwards in the NHL. And having two bodies is definitely a little more helpful than just having one body in Jesper Faust as the season goes on, because you know that we're going to go through a streak at some point next season, wherever we're down Crosby, Latang, um, and three or four depth forwards. So I don't necessarily think that that's a horrible decision on his part, but I also would have loved to see him go after Jesper Faust as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, like I said, 1.4 million between two low risk signings is totally fine. But I mean, I guess I guess they should have just spent I guess the extra 600k on Foss. And then if you really want to get um creative, they could have created some more cap space. I mean, I don't really know what Colton Sevier's place is on this team. I've said it before; it just looks like kind of like a Nick Spalling in the Hornquist for Neal trade. Don't really know where his spot is in the lineup. And then. I mean, if you wanted to move Yusuf Rikla, he's making a little over a million. You could have dumped both those contracts and then you've gotten Craig Smith. But, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not Jim Rutherford. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I think that's one of the more confusing signings that Jim made in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Because he was in the doghouse for the better part of two years, and it really seemed like there was something that Mike Sullivan didn't like about his game. But... Every time that I saw him in the lineup, it was just you could see how much more he was than Jack Johnson, how much more he was providing. And you could see that there weren't nearly as many turnovers, there weren't nearly as many uh, odd man rushes coming the other way. So I don't get what Sullivan and Jacques Martin saw in Jack Johnson as opposed to use a recall because I think it's night and day comparing the two, but just seeing, um, 
Ricola's utilization over the last two years, I don't understand why Jim signed him to a multi-year deal. Yeah. And then he like talked him up a bit too. Like, yeah, we want to see more of him. Like we want to hope he cracks in the lineup. It's like, well, you have Mike Matheson signed for six more years. So I don't think that's going to happen. And I mean, it's not like with the way Mike Sullivan treats him, it's like he killed his puppy dog or something like that. So I have absolutely no idea. But before we do get to the next segment, we'll talk about, you know, some other moves. And, you know, yes, we will touch on Jack Johnson. Um, it's time to talk about Ryan Holiday's book, Lives of the Stoics. From the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate Stoics Guide to Success, Resilience, and Virtue to Accept When You Cannot Control and Adapt to What You Can. A, ph- a philosophy sports teams across the country and successfully adapting Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. And we cannot forget about Roman, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. You can go to GetRoman.com and complete an online visit. You go to GetRoman.com slash LockdownNHL today, and if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockdownNHL. One more time, that's GetRoman.com slash Locked on NHL. So, Danny, um, overall for this offseason, I mean, I'm thinking Jim Rutherford is probably done. I don't really think he's going to make any other moves. It sounds like, you know, the big goalie trade is done. Made changes to the boards, made changes to the defense. I mean, unless something comes along that he feels like is a big upgrade, I don't think he's going to be doing anything. Are you more confident and comfortable about this team going into this season than you were, you know, when they lost to the Canadians in four games? I think I'm more comfortable with the team going forward solely based on the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury isn't coming back. uh, (laughs) Because I think, listen, here's the thing. What Marc-Andre Fleury did for Pittsburgh in his time here is absolutely invaluable. He should absolutely be universally beloved. It's time to move on. It's he's not coming back at any point soon. He's not coming back. He's not going to be the starter. I'm, so sick of every single every time that there's some drama with him in Vegas and everybody and their mother is just like come back to Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's interested as we saw with Rossi um in his article and then I think it was Yohe and a couple other no it was uh DK just absolutely dunked on him last night and it's just like somebody tweeted him and said you know is there any truth to the flurry coming back to Pittsburgh um rumors and essentially he was just like yeah absolutely not whoever said that is just making it up so i'm i'm just more comfortable based on that fact that we're not going to be spending more money toward the cap in that uh in that regard so i think that the roster that we see right now is going to be the one that uh we see on opening night but Assuming Jim Rutherford is still the GM as the season goes along, that cap space that we currently have, I think we have two and a half mil left. Um, I think we're going to see that get utilized at some point during um, the duration of the season. But everything on the roster right now, I'm comfortable with to begin. But as the season goes on, I would like to see a couple other additions or maybe a couple other moves made. Yeah, you know, that that was actually going to be my follow-up question. I mean, I do agree this is probably going to be your opening night roster. 
the forwards, you know, you can interchange the bottom six. I mean, when Aston Reese comes back, they're obviously going to reunite him with uh, Teddy Bluger and uh, Brandon Tanev, who was signed until 2026 or something like that, which is almost like a fictional year at this point. But, um, you know, your top six is your top six. Your defense, obviously, the top four is set, and they're going to play Matheson with Ruedel, unless they're going to go out and get someone to play over Ruedel, though I don't really think that's likely at this point. I was talking about Troy Stetcher on the podcast. That would have been a great signing, but he went to Detroit for two years at $1.7 million per year. But, like I said, my follow-up question, you know, if what do you think Jim Rutherford would trade for during the season if he had an opportunity to, like another center, top six winger, if if need be, if, if they want to move Kapanen down the lineup? Because I'm not really sure if Kapanen's going to be up there for the, for the whole season. What, what do you think? I would really like to see them add um, another right-handed defenseman just to put on that third pair. Um, but... I don't know. In terms of where Kapanen slots into the lineup, I think that we're going to see him start out the season uh, on Crosby's wing. Mm -hmm. But every Toronto fan that I follow has just said, like, oh, he couldn't keep up with Matthews. He couldn't keep up with Tavares um, just in terms of driving play. Here's the thing, though, is Tavares and Matthews are absolutely elite talents, but Sidney Crosby, they're not. So we've seen people like Chris Kunitz and Pascal Dupuis succeed on Crosby's wing. And we've seen people flame out that were supposed to be amazing. A la David Perron. Um, the way that Kapanen plays, I really think that he will fit in the top six just because he plays more of a North South game. And that's more what Sidney Crosby likes in a winger. He doesn't like um, wingers that are more East West. So mm. I think that, Right now, if I'm Jim Rutherford, I would say getting that depth defenseman is probably the first move that I would make just because Chad Ruedel is good. He's a great 7th D. We haven't really seen him play consistently every single night. I'm not sure how he's going to handle that. So if I'm Jim, that would be my first move. Yeah, that's going to be, I think, the big interesting thing as well. You know, can he play a full 82 games? I mean, we've I remember reading during the last season, I mean, I know it came from Jacques Martin, who's, of course, with the New York Rangers. And like I said, is partly responsible for taking Jack Johnson off the Penguins because he wanted him on the Rangers. You know, he basically said that Chad Riedel, when he was playing, was our most reliant defenseman. So, I mean, I think with that and with Mike Sullivan playing him a lot during that time, he's definitely going to give him a fair share of winning that number six spot, even if they do add someone um, to help challenge him for that number six spot, which I do think they should do. I agree with you. There's some options out there, but I mean, I think it's like what Travis Hamanick. Um, he's kind of getting older, though. There's a couple other. Please, God, no Cody CC. I really do not want him on this team. His underlying numbers are bad. Uh, Leafs fans dogged on him every night. Danny, I'm sure you saw that from Steve Dangle and all them. Um, that would just be a that would be a disaster if they signed Cody CC for any amount of money to challenge Chad Ruedel. I would take Ruedel a hundred times over a hundred over him. Knowing Jim Rutherford, it's absolutely <laughs> impossible nightmare that I can see happening. Oh God, I just—I really, really don't need that on my conscience. I mean, even if he signed for one year, one million, just you know what—you have better ways to spend one million against a salary cap. He's just not good at all. And the same can be said with the Rangers with Johnson because they're paying him a little over one million for next season, and there are much better ways to spend um, for your salary cap. But uh, before we get to our final segment and a couple of our 
Last questions, it's time to talk about Built Bar. There's six new flavors uh, for the Built Bar. A few of them are cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp. There's still the 12 original flavors. A few of them, raspberry, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Uh, one of my favorite flavors is still the coconut almond, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Um, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $20 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so just a couple more questions um, before I let you go here. You know, one big thing that I'm really excited about going into this season is we're finally going to have a healthy season of Jake Ensel and Jason Zucker for the Penguins in the top six. And Zucker was just easily, I think, their best player during that uh what the bubble run of losing to the Canadians in four games. He was just a menace on the ice, absolutely everywhere. I think he was averaging like a point per game or something like that. I think in the regular season, he was like that too. Um, just how big is that for the Penguins, knowing that they have two bona fide left wingers um, in the lineup, one that can go next to Crosby and one that can go next to Malkin? I think it's honestly invaluable because when's the last time that we've had a Penguins roster that has, like you said, just two bona fide left wingers. Um, when's the last time that we've had that? I genuinely think that we would probably have to go back to the 2000s to yeah. see. Because, like I was talking about earlier, you know, we had David Perron, but I don't even remember who was on um, the left wing after him. Um, I was it Kunitz. I honestly can't remember. I think it was Kunitz. Yeah, I think he was still in the top six at that point. Yeah. So I'm honestly, I have no idea what to expect, but I genuinely can't see it being any worse than it has been for the last couple of seasons. So I think it's going to be absolutely invaluable to have that threat of you can just run two lines with two bona fide scoring wingers. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, and I mean, I've said this before. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it in future episodes too. This is one of the five best top sixes, I think, in the league. I know Boston, Tampa Bay, and Vegas have awesome top sixes, even without um, Paul Stastny for Vegas. But, I mean, there's there's not many that can stack up to the Penguins. And that's probably where the bulk of their scoring is going to come from. The bottom six... Not so much, but if they can get some depth scoring from Teddy Bluger, he was really coming into his own offensively, I thought, last year. If Tanev can contribute more offensively with his elite shot suppression numbers and Jankowski can get back to the way he was the last couple of seasons, I think the bottom six could be better than what I and some other people um, are thinking that it'll be. Um, it's just it's going to be interesting. The offseason, of course, is far from over. We could see some Metro teams add some stuff. Uh, before I do let you go, I just I'll talk about free agency as a whole. Danny, have there been any like big surprises to you um, during this free agency? You know, outside of I think Taylor Hall going to Buffalo. That was going to be my answer, but I think that anybody could have seen that coming from a mile away, just because you know the whole narrative about Taylor Hall going into it was that he was willing to take a short-term deal, but playing for a contender. And whenever we saw the news that he signed with Buffalo, I think everybody kind of had a collective gasp, just like what the hell is going on here. Mm -hmm. But the more that I saw beat writers and other, uh, other people on hockey Twitter, just talk about it, the more it made sense to me just because, you know, obviously with COVID the market is just 
pretty much non-existent. We're sticking with a flat cap for at least next season and probably for a couple seasons after that. So I think that this is a genius move on Taylor Hall's part just because you're betting on yourself. You have a one-year, $8 million contract. And aside from Connor McDavid, he is the best forward that he will ever play with. He's the best center that he'll ever play with. So I don't see this being a situation where Taylor Hall loses. Um, but aside from Taylor Hall, I think the other obvious answer is the fact that Jack Johnson is somehow on an NHL roster again. Um, but like we were talking about in Jacques Martin and how he was the one that convinced um, Jeff Gordon to acquire him. And the fact that he's making over a million dollars is just mind-boggling to me he's a secret agent (laughs) that's that's the only explanation i have man yeah so congratulations to rangers fans on getting alexi lafreniere um i really hope you enjoyed that happiness while it was there because until jack johnson is off your roster every night is going to be a nightmare and i'm thinking of you you're in my thoughts and prayers and godspeed yeah, and you get to uh, watch him be on the ice for 80% of your even strength goals in the playoffs, just like he was for the Penguins in the Montreal Canadian series, because everywhere he was barfing all over the ice. So thank God we don't have to see that again. Um, Mike Matheson is his replacement. You know, he makes maybe a little bit too much money, but at least he can actually move the puck and not be awful defensively in his own zone. At least, I mean, God, I hope not. But uh, Danny, thank you so much for coming on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really appreciate it, and I definitely want to have you on in a future episode as we get closer to the season or if Jim Rutherford surprises everyone and makes another move in free agency or a trade, and hopefully that's a good move. (laughs) Absolutely. No, thanks, Hunter. Enjoyed being on, and uh, I'll come on anytime that uh, you need a a guest. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, So tomorrow we're going to have Doug Gladke on uh, for another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. That'll be his first time coming on the podcast. And then Friday we'll have another episode for you guys too. So again, Danny, thank you so much. We'll have you on soon and I will talk to you all tomorrow.